Welcome to the latest episode of the Proof of Delivery cast, talking about all things supply chain and technology to help visionaries like you gain unprecedented insight, foresight, and oversight into your operations and the industry as a whole. We're talking with the who's who of supply chain from around the world about the latest trends, technologies, and tips to help illuminate the hidden potential in every link of your supply chain. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Allen and Caitlin Mercier. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our, the next edition of uh, the POD cast. We're excited to bring you another edition with yet another uh, pretty interesting guest, a uh, little, little bit out there in terms of, uh, of, of where they are on the forefront of uh, supply chain finance. And uh, it's, you know, with, with everything that's going on in the space right now with, with, with COVID and, and, and the Ukraine situation and all the pressures on, um, on traditional supply chain, I think it's a, it's a really timely topic and a pretty interesting one. So, uh, yeah, what do you think, Caitlin? Yeah, looking forward to it. I think, like you said, very timely, um, you know, on the routine. On the boutique side, we've you know we've certainly gotten more engagement than ever from small and and medium businesses looking to move forward on their digitization journey and you know kind of hearing similar things from Bill. So looking forward to chatting with him about that today. Yeah, it really jives well with uh, with with everything that we're learning about with you know uh, su- supply chain visibility and transparency and so the real time nature of data and, and bringing that to the finance side. So uh, yeah, uh, Bill McGraw, uh, the president and and CEO of uh, Factor Chain, is going to be joining us shortly. So. Uh, might as well just get right into it. Yes. All right. Well, welcome back. Uh, we're uh, as we mentioned, our, our guest today is uh, President of Factor Chain, Bill McGraw. We uh, we go back quite a ways. I've got uh, Caitlin with me in the studio today. Uh, Brent is actually out on the road, so this is going to be a recurring theme with us, where somebody's always going to be out and about doing interesting things around the world. But uh, yeah, welcome, uh, welcome, Bill. We want to we want to talk a little bit today about uh, you know what what uh, Factor Chain's doing and, and and a little bit about so your background and how you got here, and then uh, the importance of uh, of you know supply chain finance and and what uh, what you guys bring to the table in terms of what's going on in the industry right now. So. Uh, yeah, welcome. Um, yeah, looking forward Thanks, to uh, looking forward to a lively discussion. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, no, appreciate being here, being invited. I, I think it's uh, pretty exciting. It's a good time to be um, talking about you know what what we're up to with Factor Chain, and then how that fits into today's particular situation that we're in, as we're all trying to come out of this uh, you know this COVID and and um, you know up, upheaval in the supply chain, and you know what does the recovery kind of look like? Um, so maybe I'll just jump right in on yeah, Factor that's, Chain. Yeah. Um, what what we what we really do at a basic level is we provide loans or funding into the supply chain. So we um, we originate credit. And so we, uh, but we, we try to do it in a, in a little bit different way than uh, like we, we, our, our positioning is we're not a bank. So what we try to do is, you know, from, from that perspective, you know, we, we try to be a little bit more friendly. Um, we, um, we try and also to utilize as much as possible data. So um, that, that, those are the, those are the big areas. Um, you know, I, I got into this, and Mike, you know the story, but I'll tell it anyway. It's a you've heard it before, but it's a good story, so I'll tell it again, right? So, Over margaritas, um, I'm sure. <laughs> my my father-in-law's favorite statement to my kids when they didn't want to hear that same old story again. But um, 
you know, we, we go, I go back as a, um, my first startup was back in the late nineties. So, um, you know, always involved in technology, always involved in, um, you know, mobile as mobile evolved. And then, you know, further along, uh, you know, getting into the whole social and the, you know, the app economy and, and essentially just riding the wave of digitization that's taken place ever since the internet's come in. And, um, you know, we, we were um, pre-COVID had a version of Factor Chain that included some supply chain optimization, and uh, the company was called Liberty. But we had two sides of the business. So what we were, what we were, um, the the thesis was that if we can um, optimize the operations through better data and better use of data, and using you know predictive analytics and looking forward, and then we can provide funding based on what's really going on in the uh, in the customer's supply chain and of course that led to us you know reaching out and, and working with with Routique because you guys have a, a you know a similar um, view of the supply chain which is you know you're you're really a technology company and you're providing the data and you're providing you know I guess those software tools for companies to be more efficient. Yeah, you bet. I mean, it you know, it's the irony of of where the industry is going right now, where everything is becoming you know the demand for real time you know visibility and transparency into the operation has never been higher in every aspect of the business. But from the finance side, you know, as you mentioned, you're looking at financial statements from a year, two years, three years ago, um, which you know can actually cover up current problems, but it can also actually, um, you know, sort of mute current opportunities if you've exploded right. in your business. And, and we've actually seen this with some of our customers where they've grown, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine fold during COVID. Um, and, and, the, and the bank is judging them based on the past performance when what they really need to be judged on is what's happening, you know, yesterday and today. So, uh, yeah, and I think, you know, you're exactly right. It's, it's, it, the, the finance side has to keep up with what's happening in the rest of the industry where, you know, I not only need to know where my goods are and, and you know, who, who's got custody and, and what that order looks like and what that volume looks like, but I need to know that the money, uh, the availability of, of capital and credit cycles with the, with the demands of the business in right. near real time, I think. Right. So, right. yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I, and, and, I, and I think that's what, you know, th that's the opportunity um, because there's, our view is that there's a whole market sector that's underserved mm. by the financial systems. So we've we've seen, um, and and I you know, while it's innovative, it's not um, it's not completely, uh, let's just say, completely new. There's a lot of businesses. Um, uh, Clearco is an example, and there's a lot of these ex uh, examples where you're using data to do that. What's called auto adjudication. So you know, can I? Use how, how far can I go to automate that? And, you know, we because we, you know, at the end of the day, you're lending money to people and people are going to default and businesses are going to go sideways. So there's a whole risk assessment component that needs to be put in place. But at the same time, by by looking at certain aspects of of a business, which really gets us, the, you know, the the qualitative parts of the data. So there's the quantitative, which is what we're talking about, you know. What what does your financials look like? How much did you sell last? Week? What's your margin? You know, how much have you got in inventory? And what's your default rate? Things like that. Those are all still important. But then there's these these other aspects. So like, what industry are you in? And and what's the macro of the demand? Because you may or may not be able to show me 
specifically, or you may say, oh yeah, look, I can sell a lot more of this product, but you look at the marketplace and go, well, what's going on in the market? What else is happening that makes sense or informs me more about whether this is a good use of, of lending? And, and so those, and, and then you make the correlation between you know, providing a smaller amount of funding for a shorter period of time, mm-hmm. specifically targeted to a product or a campaign or something like that, and, and prove that that's viable. And then as you start to build on that, you can start to expand it. And, and I think this is where you know we really are excited about our opportunity to work with Routique because you guys span the supply chain. And so, you know, sure, I've got a retailer that can sell more, but I've got a manufacturer that needs to manufacture more. Mm. And then that manufacturer needs raw materials. And then when I ship it, I've got to go to a, a, a distribution center. And a 3PL is going to come in and pick it up. Well, all the way along there, there's opportunities as you sort of unpack that to say, what if I inserted more funding or more cash or I gave them you know, if I accelerated this, yeah, sure, you're, you know, you're going to order or keep your inventory at a certain level. Mm-hmm. But what if you, like you were saying, Mike, you know, what if you pre-order forward and then that ripples all the way back through the supply chain, but somebody along there goes, you know, I don't have the resources mm-hmm. to pay my rent, keep the trucks going and, you know, buy whatever materials I need yeah. to fulfill this. Mm-hmm. So again, the data can, can inform us on that. And, and that, again, is, I think, a, a different view than really just saying, I'm looking at one company, can they, can they verify or validate or, you know, what's their risk profile? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do that, but I'm also going to look at this broader, um, yeah. you know, yeah. the broader macro of the supply chain itself. Like, you know, from, from Caitlin and myself, like you were working with, you know, enterprises as big as, you know, Nestle and all the way down to, you know, fairly small independent regional transportation and warehousing and cold storage companies. And, you know, you've got these little companies in between that are providing a, a critical service in a, in a specific area, say, for example, and they're working with a juggernaut on one end, a huge manufacturer, a huge retailer, and the financial pressure can be enormous on them because right. big companies like to, you know, drag out terms as long as they can and that kind of thing. It's just part of the of the core business. So, you know, now you're now you're sort of having to pick partners in the industry sort of on their financial solvency as opposed to on their capability to deliver, right? So you might have a great potential partner that you know, would really deliver a high level of service that just doesn't have the actual bank, like the doesn't have the funds in place to support right. 60, 90, you know, 120 day terms sometimes. And, uh, but yet, you know, you're essentially backing a transaction from a massive manufacturer to a massive retailer with a tiny little partner in between. So I think, you know, it, it's a similar take on finance to what we talk about with network orchestration is like, how can we get all those players on a level playing field so that they're all, right. you know, co- cooperating as opposed to sort of working at, at cross purposes with each other, which I think is really, uh, really interesting. So, yeah. There seems to be some um, um, coalition or, or coming together of digitization, more access to data, easier ways to use that data, and, and then easier ways for companies like ours to deliver funding where it's needed. So it's like, you know, 
you know, the, the whole retail thing is, you know, get the right product to the right place at the right time mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Well, but then where's the money? Well, no, I got to go down to the bank or the ATM and, you know, I got to go meet the banker. Like, no, no, no. Let's, let's try and get the money aligned with that product. And, and you, you can see as that starts to come together and, and it's not, it's, it's nothing new. We've seen it with all the other digitization yeah. of media and music and film and like all those things. And I think, you know, software is eating the world. So we're just digitizing this side of it. We're starting to get, you know, more programmable money, if you will. And there's a whole, you know, movement along that side that will allow us to match the demand with the money. And, and again, the, the, the business owner or the retailer or the, the, you know, the, 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 person trying to run their business doesn't have to worry about it. They don't, you know, they don't have to go, oh, I should go and get a loan for this. No, the, the data tells you you're going to be short and there's already a facility in place that you can draw down from. And ultimately, there'll always be a human in the loop at some point, mm-hmm. but ultimately the analysis of that's available, should I do it? Hmm, okay, that's great. And now I can, I can act on it. Yeah. So in terms of the, you know, the, the, the microfinance side, I think is fairly obvious. It's, you know, like invoices in invoices out the, the you know, the, the, this combination of the algorithms and the software you guys are creating are going to sort of fund out some of those, those receivables for you. You mentioned a couple other use cases before. I just wanted to just touch on, um, you know, uh, one, one of our clients who, who has a, a you know, a cooler and a freezer and is, you know, looking at expanding that, that cooler, uh, area. And, and, you know, the, I think there's lots of banks that would sort of look at that and go, what's the capital cost and what's the expected return. But you had an interesting take on it in terms of being able to actually look at the, the flow through transactional data and be able to validate that and go, okay, well, I see right. that, you know, have the, you have these seafood clients and these frozen bread clients and, and these meat clients and, and, you know, and, and then being able to actually use the the algorithms in place to sort of validate the idea that doubling yes. or tripling the size of that cooler uh, is going to actually have benefit in terms of filling it. But also you can actually even go back with some valuable data to them and go, I really think that, you know, 2.6 times the cooler is actually the optimal sort of size to expand it by right now based on the data. I, I thought that was pretty fascinating that um, <clears throat> it's not just sort of the, the factoring side, but even with sort of funding out capital expenses, you can use that data to to validate their assumption that they'll be able to take that capital and make it work for them. And, and, and I think the other side of it is then, you know, adding on to what you're saying, Mike, is when you're looking at that flow, then you start looking at the margin, you start looking at the unit economics and you look at it, well, do I make more with a certain product coming through there? And does that help me to justify the funding? And then when I'm looking at, how am I going to pay this back? Because, you know, it's still lending and it's still, you know, fundamental, you know, I give you some money and charge you for it and, you know, you pay it back, but can that come out of the cash flow so that that makes it a lot easier for me than having to go, Oh, I have this other, um, you know, mortgage type payment for all of the work that I did, but I haven't tied together the flow, like my cash flow of the business itself. So, it's a different way to think about it than what how the banks are are providing it. Fundamentally, it works the same way, but this is this funding the demand because you know you'd look at it, you go, oh, I don't want to pay all that high percentage. Okay, well, on the loan. So, well, well, just a minute. Let's look at 
if I can, if you can do more, so you're at a base level, you can do more, there's an extra margin in there, you'll pay for that funding based on the extra margin that mm -hmm. you're going to generate. Okay, now, does that make financial sense to you? Because that's a very different conversation. It's a different way to look at my business than it is to just go, well, I need this loan and yeah, I'm going to have to pay that back, but then all I'm, I'm going to do, like it, everything is sort of disparate. Yeah. So the, 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 the warehousing or, and the, you know, the cooler and that part of it is a very good example and a use case of where there's more of a partnership with the funding source. And, you know, we, on, on our side, when we use, when we put together a fund that's going to be targeted to, you know, we'll have one that's, we call it local craft. And, and then there'll be like, in this case, it might be cold chain. It may be, you know, something like that. And we can then articulate rather than just having this blanket, very high level, the investor doesn't really know where their money's going. And, you know, they're, they're getting a return, but they don't even pay attention. Again, there's been a change in the thinking of the way that people are deploying funds. And there's a lot of, a lot of pools of capital that want to be deployed into solving these problems and helping grow the supply chain, secure the local food supply. Like we don't want to repeat what happened when, you know, over the last two years, like, and, and hopefully we can learn from that and put some things in place with this digitization and the data to be able to solve some of those things. Yeah, that is very cool. Super cool. I, I'm, I'm super fascinated by the topic and it's so timely and, uh, um, you know, we're, we're running out of time, but uh, I yeah. could kind of go on all day, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll throw some links if you don't mind to, uh, to, to factor chain and what you guys are doing in the, in the podcast episode. Absolutely. And, uh, if anybody wants to learn more about uh, what, what Bill's got going on or, 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 you know, sort of see, see what's up on that side, we can, uh, we can definitely uh, throw a shout out to you but thanks so much i know we go way back we've you know traveled all over <laughs> north america together we've been at you know yeah. freight, freightways and bitta and and all all over the place so uh, it's great to and we got to get back to those guys one of these days absolutely you know? yeah be great to get you on the podcast and looking forward to seeing you in person next time but uh yeah thanks Appreciate thanks, it. thanks, thanks so much. for having me it was great all right. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks again for joining us for uh, another edition of the POD Cast. That was a really cool interview, uh, Bill McGraw with uh, with Factor Chain. Uh, you know, I, I actually learned some new things too today, despite having uh, known him and worked with him for quite a while. So, what what'd you think? Yeah, no, I thought it was fantastic. And I think, you know, what he said about the pressures that small and medium businesses are under is really relevant. And, um, you know, we see businesses at all sizes, uh, you know, within some of the networks that we're supporting. And so um, it's just been really fantastic to see these small and medium businesses kind of come out of the woodworks and want to join and be more engaged in some of these large supply chain networks and share some of their data and have data shared with them. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah fantastic. I, I, d I definitely feel the pain that he's talking about, you know, as a, as a, as a uh, you know, a founder of some companies that have grown, you know, five, six, seven times in a single year and having to send a bank a financial statement from last year and beg for money that, uh, you know, uh, you need today uh, based on data from last year is it's uh, it's actually almost a worst case when, you know, growth is your problem, right? Explosive growth is your problem. And, you know, yeah. I understand sort of why a bank might have an issue with with uh, financial statements that are not so good. But uh, a lot of times traditional finance has a problem with the opposite as well. So I think it's pretty cool that, uh, you know, he's, they're finding ways to meld 
what's happening with the rest of digitization of the supply chain with the with the finance side. Yeah, certainly. And we talked to so many businesses that just have a lineup of new prospective clients at the door, but it's really just funding the extra infrastructure, the extra space. And so um, that really opens things up for them to be able to scale. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, was, uh, I was super exciting. It was great. It was. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, the next one. And I know, uh, I think uh, you're going to be away here pretty soon. We may get some uh, cool... Uh, footage from uh, from Europe, from Logimat, and, and a yes. few other places as well. Yeah, so, yeah. hopefully we'll have some uh, on the on the trade show floor footage yeah. to share. Looking forward to taking the show on the road. So, yes. uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll probably welcome back uh, Brent, our other co-host, uh, for the next episode. But we'll be, uh, yeah, we'll be here. And again, as always, just uh, send us any, uh, any sort of tidbits on things you'd like to see us feature, topics, guests, anything like that. If you want to be a guest, just let us know. Reach out. Uh, we're happy to chat with you. So looking forward to the next one. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to check out future episodes of the Proof of Delivery cast, which come out every month. In the meantime, keep an eye on our YouTube channel for additional content throughout the month. If you'd like to learn more from Routique, you can find us on every major social media platform by searching Routique or the handle at Routique. Or feel free to chat with us directly by visiting www.routique.com. Routique gives supply chain visionaries the x-ray vision they need to make their companies more efficient, responsive, and profitable.